Section 8 of the Science History of the Universe, Volume 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kurt from Tucson, Arizona. The Science History of the Universe, Volume 8, edited by Francis Rolt Wheeler. Pure Mathematics, Chapter 4, Algebra, Part 2. The study of indeterminate equations is called Diophantine Analysis, from Diophantos of Alexandria, the last great Greek mathematician, of whose work six books remain which treat of such problems as to find a right-angle triangle such that the difference of its sides is a square and also the greater alone is a square and thirdly its area plus the less side is a square a solution to this problem is to take one comma two for the lengths of the sides the fermat equation x to the nth power plus y to the nth power equals z to the nth power is an indeterminate equation. The most famous problem of this type is the cattle problem, attributed to Archimedes, the most celebrated problem of antiquity. It is in the form of an epigram, and has been translated by T. L. Heath as follows. Compute, O stranger, the number of cattle of Helios which once grazed on the plains of Sicily, divided according to their color, to wit, one, white bulls, equals one-half plus one-third of the black bulls, plus yellow bulls. Two, black bulls equals one-quarter and one-fifth of the dappled bulls, plus the yellow. Three, dappled bulls equals one-sixth plus one-seventh of the white plus yellow. Four, the white cows equals one-third and one-quarter of the black herd. Bulls and cows equals herd. Five, the black cows equals one-quarter and one-fifth of the dappled herd. Six, the dappled cows equals one-fifth and one-sixth of the yellow herd. 7. The yellow cows equals one-sixth plus one-seventh of the white herd. He who can answer the above is no novice in numbers. Nevertheless, he is not yet skilled in wise calculations. But come, consider all the following numerical relations between the oxen of the sun. 8. If the white bulls were combined in one total with the black bulls, they would be in a figure equal in depth and breadth, and the far-stretching plains of Thrinacia would be covered by the figure, square, formed by them. 9. Should the yellow and dappled bulls be collected in one place, they would stand, if they ranged themselves, one after another, in the form of an equilateral triangle. If thou discover the solution of this at the same time, if thou grasp it with thy brain and give correctly all the numbers, O stranger, go and exult as a conqueror. 
be assured that thou art by all means proved to have abundance of knowledge in this science. The Hillsborough, Illinois, Mathematical Club worked on this problem from 1889 to 1893. The answer given for the number of white bulls will reveal the magnitude of the numbers involved. 1, 596, 510, 804, 671, 144, 531, 435, 526, 194, 370, comma, dot, 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 385, 150, 341, 800. Where the ellipses, dot, 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 indicate the omission of 68,834 periods of three figures each. Each of the ten answers is composed of 206,545 figures. Another of these famous puzzles is attributed to Euclid. A mule and a donkey were walking along laden with corn. The mule said to the donkey, if you gave me one measure, I should carry twice as much as you. If I gave you one, we should both carry equal burdens. Tell me their burdens, O most learned master of geometry. If two equations, x plus 2y equals 4, and x minus y equals 1, are given, both x and y are determined. Such a system is called a linear system and a single pair of values of x and y may be found which satisfies both conditions. The statement of the two equations may be thought of as requiring that the position be found in which the generating point of either line will simultaneously lie on its own line, and also on the other. The graphical solution indicates that the point capital S, x equals 2, y equals 1, or more briefly put, S of 2 comma 1 is the desired point. Figure. Graph of x plus 2y equals 4 and x minus y equals 1 intersecting at point S. In the study of such systems, Leibniz, 1646 to 1716, discovered a symmetrical arrangement of the known numbers or the coefficients, as they are called, which has been of immense service. This symmetrical array is called a determinant. The system of three equations, ax plus by plus cz equals d, lx plus my plus nz equals p, Rx plus Sy plus Tz equals Q may be solved for X by writing a fraction whose numerator is made up of the numbers on the right for a first column and the coefficients of Y and Z for the other two, and the denominator is the three columns of coefficients of X and Y and Z. The following is the arrangement. Figure. X equals a quotient where the numerator contains a matrix, 3 by 3 matrix, DBC, PMN, QST. The denominator contains the 3 by 3 matrix, ABC, LMN, RST. The evaluation of this may be shown in the method used for finding the numerator.
figure, matrix with lines going through the diagonals of the coefficients dbc, dbc, lmn, lm, qst, qs. The numbers connected with each arrow to the right are multiplied and given the plus sign. Those connected with arrows pointing to the left are multiplied and given the minus sign. The sum of the six terms is the numerator, or DMT plus BNQ plus CPS minus SMQ minus BPT minus DSN. Similarly for the denominator. An equation of the form x squared minus 4x minus 5 equals 0, called a quadratic or equation of the second degree, has been solved by completing the square. Another method is by means of a graph. x squared minus 4x minus 5 is placed equal to y, and the graph drawn by taking particular values for x, and from these determining the values of y which goes with each. A table of these values, taken from Boyd's algebra, shows the process. It is required to find the values of x which makes y equal 0, or which satisfy x squared minus 4x minus 5 equals y, when y equals 0. In the figure, y equals 0 when the curve crosses the x-axis, capital X prime x, or the values r minus 1, plus 5. x squared minus 4x minus 5 equals 0. Then, when x equals minus 1, or plus 5. Figure. Table on the left, graph on the right. In the table, title for y equals x squared minus 4x minus 5, two columns, x and y. Contents of column x, 0, plus 1, plus 2, plus 3, plus 4, plus 5, plus 6, etc. Minus 1, minus 2, minus 3, etc. Second column, y. Minus 5, minus 8, minus 9, minus 8, minus 5, 0, plus 7, etc. 0, plus 7, plus 16, etc. The graph to the right of the table is a graph of the x and y coordinates. End of figure. Another figure taken from the same text shows the method of solving the simultaneous quadratic system. x squared plus y squared minus 2xy minus 4x minus 8y minus 20 equals 0. xy equals minus 2. Capital PQRS are the points of intersection of the two curves, and the value of x and y for each can be read directly from the figure. Solving the equation x squared minus 6x equals minus 13, by completing the square adding 9 to both members, x is found to be equal to 3 plus or minus the square root of minus 4. And the question arises, what is the measuring of the square root of minus 4? It is known that plus 2 squared equals plus 4 and that minus 2 squared equals plus 4. No number in the system so far considered will, one squared, give a negative number, and means must be devised by which such a number may be interpreted. Square root of minus 4 may be factored into square root of 4 square root of minus 1, 
or 2 square root of minus 1. If 2 be multiplied by minus 1, the result is minus 2, or the point A is changed over to the position B. Square root of minus 1 multiplied by itself must produce minus 1 from the notion of square root or square root of minus 1 times square root of minus 1 equals minus 1. Figure a graph containing a parabola at about a 45 degree angle from the vertical and a hyperbola. The parabola and the hyperbola intersect at four points labeled P, Q, R, and S. Then, 2 times the square root of minus 1 times the square root of minus 1 equals minus 2. If 2 be multiplied twice in succession by the square root of minus 1, the result is moving A to B. Then it is reasonable to suppose that one multiplication, or 2 times the square root of minus 1, should move it halfway. All that is now necessary is to choose the path. If A should be moved along the line AB, half the motion would carry it to 0, or square root of minus 1 times 2 equals 0. But 0 times 2 equals 0, and that would require that square root of minus 1 equals 0. But this is not desirable. The next simplest path is a semicircle. Figure. A circle on a graph intersecting the x-axis at points A and B, which are plus 2 and minus 2 respectively, and the y-axis at C and D, which is 2 times the square root of minus 1, and minus 2 times the square root of minus 1. If two multiplications carry A to B, a single multiplication should carry it to C. This is found to be a satisfactory definition, for by three multiplications, A is carried around to D. Two times the square root of minus 1 times the square root of minus 1 times the square root of minus 1 equals 2 times minus 1 times the square root of minus 1, which equals minus 2 times the square root of minus 1. That is, D is marked with the minus sign of C which should be so, and a fourth multiplication gives 2. That is, four multiplications carries A through a complete revolution. The square root of minus 1 is indicated by I, which has the function of a sign, merely indicating that the number before, which it is placed, belongs on the vertical line CD, while a number without such a sign is on the horizontal line AB, that is, a real number. A number represented on AB is called a pure imaginary, the name imaginary or fictitious number being given to expressions of this kind which constantly arose in the solution of equations and to which no meaning had been attached. Bascara says, The square of a positive as well as of a negative number is positive, and the square root of a positive number is double positive and negative. There can be no square root of a negative number, for this is no square. 
the Italian algebraists called them impossible numbers. It was not until 1797 that Caspar Wessel devised a method of representation of imaginaries, but it did not attract particular attention. Again in 1806, Jean-Robert Argand independently arrived at the representation given above. It is a curious fact that the entire known biography of Argand could be written in half a dozen lines, yet his work is the basis of one of the most extensive fields in all mathematics. The number system now consists of real numbers represented on a horizontal line and pure imaginaries on a vertical line. The combination of these two classes forms the class complex numbers, which covers the entire plane. In the figure, 3 plus 2i is found by stepping off 3 units to the right of O and 2 units up giving point P. On the axis of real numbers, O4, the point marked 3, represents the number 3, but it was found to be sometimes more convenient to think of 3 as represented by the segment of line beginning with O and ending with 3. With the number 2 plus 3i, it will be thought of as represented by the point P or by the line segment OP at will. The angle MOP is called the amplitude of P and is denoted by phi. The length of OP, which is the square root of 2 squared plus 3 squared, which equals the square root of 13, is termed a modulus and is indicated by mod P. Complex numbers obey the laws laid down for real numbers. They may be subjected to the six operations of addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, involution, and evolution. The mode of addition is the same as that employed in adding real numbers. Figure. The complex plane. From minus 3 to plus 4 on the real numbers, minus 3i to plus 3i on the imaginary axis, a line drawn from the origin to the point P, 3 plus 2i, with angle phi. If the real numbers are thought of as line segments, and 2 is to be added to 3, it is done by placing the initial point O of O2 on the terminal point 3 of O3. The point then occupied by point 2 of O2 in its new position is 5, and O5 is the segment sum of O3 and O2. If the two complexes 2 plus 3i and 5 plus 2i are to be added, they are represented as in the figure, the first by OP and the second by OQ. Starting at P, lay off OL, 5 units to the right, and 2 units up. OR, which is the diagonal of a parallelogram on OP and OQ, is the sum of 2 plus 3i and 5 plus 2i. The number system now covers the entire plane. To every point in the plane there is a number and vice versa. The plane is two-dimensional, that is, by the Cartesian coordinates x, y, a point is determined by two values, x and y, or in the Argon diagram by the two real numbers a and b in the complex a plus bi. Space is three-dimensional in points. Figure. The complex plane real numbers from 0 to 8, imaginary numbers from 0 to 5i. A parallelogram, starting at the origin and going up to p, 
and to the right to R at its peak, and then back to Q, which is at 5 plus 2i. P is at 2 plus 3i. End figure. To locate a point in a room completely, it is necessary to specify its distances respectively from, say, the floor and each of two intersecting walls, or by three numbers. To take in all points in space, a third line or axis would be drawn perpendicular to the plane of the paper in the argon diagram at point O. Now, if a third sign of direction J were used and the number system extended to take in space, what would result? The apparent discrepancy between the number system, which is two-dimensional, and space, which is three-dimensional, has been a source of a great deal of study and involves some of the most important theorems of algebraic analysis. A general equation of the form a0 times x to the n plus a1 times x to the n minus 1 plus a2 times x to the n minus 2 plus dot 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 plus a sub n minus 1 times x plus a sub n equals 0 is said to be of the nth degree, where the exponents are all whole numbers. It has been proved that if such an equation is satisfied by a single value of x, it is satisfied by n values, that is, it has n roots. These roots may all be real, or part real and part complex. If there are complex roots, they enter in pairs, which are conjugate. That is, if a plus bi is a root, so also is a minus bi. The condition that, if it is satisfied by a single root, is very important. Why should it not be? It was found that the quadratic could be easily solved in very many special equations of a higher degree. The cubic, or equation of the third degree, taxed the powers of the algebraists, and it was not until 1545 that a general solution was found. It seems almost axiomatic that the general equation must have a root, but such things are not taken for granted. The first proof that the general equation with whole numbers for exponents and coefficients, real or complex, was given in Argonne's memoirs. Since that time, a number of proofs have been offered, the principal contributor being Cauchy. This is called the Fundamental Theorem of Algebra. Now, since the hypothesis is proved, the conclusion that there are n roots is easily proved, such proof being familiar to any schoolboy. The next concern is, what is the nature of the roots? Weierstrass proved that the roots all are of the form a plus bi, that is, complex numbers of the two-dimensional system. This at once settles the question raised above, whether or not it is possible to extend the number system to the three dimensions of space. If the extension is made, such numbers would not be the roots of algebraic equations. In other words, such numbers would not be subject to the ordinary laws of algebra. Two diverging lines of thought begin here. If such extension of the number system be made, what formal laws of algebra should be rejected? having determined the nature of the roots of equations to devise laws by which an equation may be solved. The second of the two will be considered first. It has been seen that the quadratic is solvable. Equations of higher degree have been solved in special cases. The general solution of the cubic next received attention. 
The following account of the solution of the cubic is from Ball's History of Mathematics. Niccolo Fontana, generally known as Nicholas Tartaglia, that is, Nicholas the Stammerer, was born at Brescia in 1500 and died in Venice on December 14, 1557. After the capture of the town by the French in 1512, most of the inhabitants took refuge in the cathedral and were there massacred by the soldiers. His father, who was a postal messenger at Brescia, was among the killed. The boy himself had his skull split through in three places, while both his jaws and his palate were cut open. He was left for dead, but his mother got into the cathedral, and finding him still alive, managed to carry him off. Deprived of all resources, she recollected that dogs, when wounded, always licked the injured place, and to that remedy he attributed his ultimate recovery. But the injury to his palate produced an impediment in his speech, from which he received his nickname. His mother managed to get sufficient money to pay for his attendance at school for fifteen days, and he took advantage of it to steal a copy-book from which he subsequently taught himself to read and write. But so poor were they that he tells us he could not afford to buy paper, and was obliged to make use of tombstones as slates on which to work his exercises. He commenced his public life by lecturing at Verona, but he was appointed at some time before 1535 to a chair of mathematics at Venice, where he was living when he became famous through his acceptance of a challenge from a certain Antonio del Fiore. Fiore had learned from his master, one Scipione Furio, who died at Bologna in 1526, an empirical solution of a cubic equation of the form x cubed plus qx equals r. This solution was previously unknown in Europe, and it is probable that Ferio had found the result in an Arab work. Tartaglia, in answer to a request from Cola in 1530, stated that he would affect the solution of a numerical equation of the form x cubed plus px squared equals r. Fiori, believing that Tartaglia was an impostor, challenged him to a contest. According to this challenge, each of them was to deposit a certain stake with a notary, and whoever could solve the most problems out of a collection of thirty propounded by the other was to get the stakes, thirty days being allowed for the solution of the questions proposed. Tartaglia was aware that his adversary was acquainted with the solution of a cubic equation of some particular form, and suspecting that the questions proposed to him would all depend on the solution of such cubic equations, set himself the problem to find a general solution, and certainly discovered how to obtain a solution of some, if not all, cubic equations. When the contest took place, all the questions proposed to Tartaglia were, as he suspected, reducible to the solution of a cubic equation, and he succeeded within two hours in bringing them to particular cases of the equation x cubed plus qx equals r, of which he knew the solution. His opponent failed to solve any of the problems which were proposed to him, which, as a matter of fact, were all reducible to numerical equations of the form x cubed plus px squared equals r. Notice that in this form the x squared term is present, while in the other the x term appears. Tartaglia was therefore the conqueror, and he subsequently composed some verses commemorative of his victory. 
Tartaglia, as was the custom in those days, did not reveal his method of solution. He hoped to publish a treatise on algebra of which the crowning feature would be the making known to the world this newly discovered solution of the cubic. But in this, he was to be disappointed through the treachery of Girolamo Cardan, the most famous astrologer of the time. This Cardan was a most strange admixture of genius and madness a gambler if not a murderer, an ardent student of science solving problems which had long baffled investigation. The elder of his two sons was executed for poisoning his wife, while it is said that Cardan cut off the ears of the younger in a fit of rage. In 1570, Cardan was imprisoned for heresy on account of having published The Horoscope of Christ. Figure 36 First published solution of the cubic equation from Ars Magna, 1545. The figure consists of writing in Latin. He afterwards settled at Rome, where he received a pension in order to secure his services as astrologer to the court. Having foretold that he should die on a particular day, he felt called upon to commit suicide to preserve his reputation. In 1545, Cardan completed and published the Ars Magna, the most advanced treatise on algebra which had appeared up to that time in which was given Tartaglia's solution of the cubic. This method has since been known as Cardan's method. Cardan also published the work of his pupil Ferrari on the biquadratic or equation of the fourth degree. This solution is sometimes known by Bombelli's name, to whom is due the credit of representing the three roots to the simplest form in the so-called irreducible case. From this time on, mathematicians devoted a great amount of time in attempting the solution of equations of higher degree. In his Reflections on the Resolution of Algebraic Equations, Lagrange, 1736-1813, gave a scientific classification of the methods already applied to the cubic and biquadratic, but was unable to apply them to the quintic or equation of the fifth degree. In this discussion, the foundation was laid for the study of substitutions, but other matters pressing for attention made necessary the laying aside of this work. He determined to take up the subject at some future time, but never did so. It was reserved for the brilliant young Norwegian Niels Henrik Abel, 1802-1829, to give a rigid demonstration of the impossibility of solving the quintic or higher equations by means of radicals. The extension of the number system to three dimensions was attempted by Argand and resulted in failure. A corollary of Weierstrass's theorem that the root of an algebraic equation must be of the form a plus bi is that no further extension can be made and have the numbers still conform to the laws of algebra. In the formation of the complex number, there are two units, one, or the unit along the axis of reals, and i, the unit along the axis of pure imaginaries. If the system is to be extended to space, a third unit is to be chosen, call it J, which will be measured on a perpendicular to the two axes already used. A number of this form would be A plus BI plus CJ, 
When the negative number was introduced, it was assumed that in multiplication it should obey the commutative law, that 1 times i equals i times 1. This was a pure assumption, made in order to give a meaning to multiplication by a negative. It was the subject of years of meditation with William Rowan Hamilton as to what would be necessary in order to extend the system so as to include the new unit J. At last, on the 16th of October, 1843, while walking with his wife along the Royal Canal in Dublin, the discovery flashed upon him that the commutative law might be rejected and he engraved with his knife on a stone and brome bridge the fundamental formula of the new algebra which is called quaternions. This bridge is since known as Quaternion Bridge. In 1844 appeared a classic work on analysis, the Ausdehnungslehre of Hermann Gossmann, in which the number system is carried to n dimensions, this work attracted so little notice on account of its philosophische Allgemeinheit, it is said that after eight years but one man had read it. In 1862 a new edition was published which received no more appreciation than the first, and at the age of fifty-three its author, with a heavy heart, gave up mathematics for the study of Sanskrit. The generalization of algebra is carried out by assuming any number of units, i, j, k, l, etc., forming numbers with them as a plus bi plus cj plus dk plus el plus dot dot dot, and choosing to reject one or the other of the laws of ordinary algebra, for at least one must be rejected, and then building up a consistent algebra upon the remaining laws. In 1870, Benjamin Pierce, one of the foremost mathematicians that America has produced, published his Linear Associative Algebra, giving the elements of 162 algebras, in which the numbers are linear functions of the units and obey the associative law. End of section 8